0: Welcome to the Urban Grace Weekly Podcast. Urban Grace is an inclusive ecumenical church in the heart of downtown Tacoma, Washington that seeks to be a spiritual home for folks from all sorts of backgrounds. Come check us out Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the corner of Ninth and Market. And of course, there are more details at urbangrace.org.
1: Good morning. Thank you for your prayers. That was a surprise. <laughs> uh, this morning's reading is Matthew three thirteen to 17. At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. Jesus answered, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was open to him and he saw the spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him this is the word of the Lord
0: so good morning again I'm Abigail and I just want to make I just want to cover some business in case in case it wasn't clear before that was pastor Ben's baby And that's why he's not here, because he's at home taking care of his baby who was born on early on Saturday morning. Uh, I'm here in your pulpit this morning, in the pulpit, our pulpit. Also, as a new member of your staff, I am an associate for multicultural ministry and very excited about what we'll find out together as I step into that space with you. Uh, But... Please, let's take a minute and pray together. God of the newborn and God of those passing, be with us now. May your word only be spoken. May your word only be heard. Amen. time to change the laundry that was i was to remind you to hit record okay <gasps> got you so anyway I uh, a baptism is uh, one of those fancy mysteries that I kind of like imagining what it means I'm supposed to know but between you and I I don't feel very confident in my thorough An advanced knowledge of the topic. I really like this scene that's presented in the scripture today, because Jesus approaches John with a sincere desire to be included in the ritual, just like so many of his friends and followers, and he fully expects John to lump him in with the crowd, and here we go. And John, whose whole identity is wrapped up in his ability to baptize people, He's wrapped up in the ritual cleansing of the masses. He suddenly downshifts, leans in toward Jesus' ear and whispers, wait a minute, I've been telling everyone that you're, that it's you, that they should wait for a real leader like you. And now you're confusing everybody if you wanna be just like everybody else who came for baptism. Don't you think, maybe, you should at least pray for me or something first? Baptize me and somehow make it a bit more clear for everybody. Aren't you the one we've been waiting for? And Jesus gives him the same explanation he gives so many people over the next three years of his ministry. Listen, I'm just doing the next right thing. I'm just going by the prophecies. Maybe it's confusing. Maybe it won't be confusing. Maybe it'll help. Many of us know the stories. John knows the stories. And Jesus explains most of these people know the stories, but maybe this is a chance to really live the stories rather than just tell them. So come on, baptize me and we'll see what happens. And we'll go from there. So John says okay. The thing about this particular telling of the story is that it's from an author we call Matthew. And Matthew is on over and over again about the importance of fulfilling the prophecies, of living the stories. So he's telling this story in a way So that we will remember that Jesus came to fulfill a prophecy which is a fancy way of saying there were a lot of stories about Jesus before he was born as a human so people wanted him to behave in ways that align with those stories. So whether we need it or don't, Matthew really drives the point home. As soon as Jesus comes up out of the water, the heavens open. Maybe clouds part. Or a sudden rainstorm drenches everyone, making it impossible to tell the recently baptized from the innocent bystanders. And then out of nowhere, a huge white, Pigeon comes flapping down and lands right on Jesus head So Matthew doubles down He decides to make it real obvious and says in case anybody has any questions This is the offspring of a deity Not just your typical moody type of God, but one that is pretty proud of this particular human This is great literature. This is a great story. I totally want to live this story. So fast forward a couple thousand years of Christian history and academia and praxis. We've been playing out this story in all times, in all places. We've modeled our sacraments and liturgy After this moment, it's one of the few things that you can find in almost any church anywhere. We've interpreted and studied and crammed a lot of meaning into reliving this story. Many of you in this room have participated in this kind of ritual cleansing. Maybe you have really fond memories of baptism for yourself or your family. Maybe you're not sure whether you've been baptized. I'm one of those clergy members who isn't concerned about whether or not you understand or undergo the rituals. I just want you to know you're invited to try it on, to remember it or ask questions about it, to seek healing from it if it was damaging. And I have found that it is in the act of pretending or guessing or running experiments that we end up learning and finding meaning. At the same time, I could teach you theology all day. If you like to memorize facts, we have some of those available. But when you have a chance to really try it on, it will mean so much more. I was, um, I was once a vicar for a congregation that believed that you ought not participate in, com- in communion until you've been baptized. Well, as luck would have it. They love to baptize babies and adults alike. So we taught little tiny kids about communion. We liked it when they participated as fully as they could, as soon as they wanted to know about it. I loved teaching these first communion classes. There were plenty of adults who questioned the efficacy of this exercise. They uh, they were wondering why are you teaching theology to three years old three year olds? Well, they were concerned that these little ones would just play with their food at the table. <sighs> they believed young children couldn't understand what communion is about because they're not very serious, and this is a serious exercise. So I just smiled and admitted that I have a master's degree in all this stuff, divinity, and I don't really feel like I understand it all that well. The more I learn about it, the more questions I have about it. So that's why I keep doing it every chance I get. And maybe we should start these kids early. Well, so one day, a baby doll came to First Communion class. And the baby doll's mama asked if the doll could take communion. So what else could I say, but has she been baptized? (laughs) So all of a sudden, everyone's paying attention. And these kids were eager to hear the answer. There was this weird feeling of a room full of preschoolers grieving and hoping and eating popcorn, and uh, this mama, this little mama's thinking it over. She couldn't remember. She wasn't sure. Maybe, what do I say? Turns out she hadn't been baptized at all, ever. Well, so we knew what had to be done. We marched toward the sanctuary quietly, and the class climbed into the pews closest to the font and teetered literally at the edges of the seats. This group of kids knew this game. They had played baptism before. I took that tiny baby in my arms, holding her the way you hold premature hopes. She was so tiny. And I brought her close to the water's edge and cupped in my hand enough holy water to drench her little head thrice. In the name of the Father, so pleased. The Son, washed clean and the spirit flitting around like a songbird. And then we all breathed again. We didn't realize that we had been concerned, holding our breath. Well, so then as is how you play the game, the class jumped out of the pews and rushed toward us and we all looked on at this new member of our family. And then we sat down, huddled in a little circle on the altar platform, not unlike this, although definitely covered in red carpet. And we were gonna sit and practice for communion, which were requires a little bit of imagination. Now that we were all baptized, it's possible we were feeling a little more ready. I asked them to make their hands into little boats just like we had practiced, palm edge to palm edge The same little boats that hold babies hovering over the waters of covenant and creation. The same boats that hold the Christ as he sleeps through the storms. Made from the same hands that hit or scold. The very same hands that pat puppies or grab at candy. But we're playing communion now, so they have to do a different job. Well, the newly baptized among us must have been sleeping because she was very quiet where she lay on the floor beside the lap of her little mama. And yet we were concerned for her apparently. Now, can she have communion now? So I thought about how to respond again And the image of Cookie Monster eating cookies came into my mind. And I realized that unless you're paying really close attention, spoiler alert, all you see are just the cookie bits flying everywhere. And you don't realize he's not actually going to be able to swallow the cookies. He's a puppet he's such a person. He's so real. He's so kind and emotive and those googly eyes are that's that's truth right there, right? And he's so fuzzy and a consistent persona. So I thought, all right, I'm going to lean into this. Okay, can your baby is she awake enough? Can she put her hands together? and show me that she's ready all by herself the way you can can she play with us well sadly but not too sadly the answer was the small but hopeful not yet this little girl was playing mommy playing baptism playing communion with such conviction if only I could believe and engage and understand reality and sacrament the way she makes believe. The story of John and Jesus is a story of two men working now the details of the game the same way I see kids work out the roles they will play in their make-believe world as they learn how to engage reality. Lena, my daughter, asked me recently to be the mommy elephant in her dollhouse. You be the mommy and pretend it's bedtime, and I'll be the little boy elephant and pretend we can watch some shows. Uh, I told her, I play the mommy all the time. I don't feel really good at it. But, uh, uh, why don't you pretend to be the mommy in charge? I'll be the little boy elephant. She agreed and then she laughed at all my jokes until she fell out of her chair because, well, I just did all the things she does that make me laugh when she's the kid and I'm the mommy. It's the same with John and Jesus, as they negotiate the way they want to act out the stories of the prophecies. John tells Jesus, okay, you be the Savior, and you baptize me. We know this story. And no, wait a second, Uh, Jesus says, the story says you're the baptizer. It's your job. I'll be the baptized first, and then I'll do you. And John agrees. Oh, great. New game. Same story, new game. Okay, we can, we can try it. We do this even into adulthood. We have to play at serious matters whenever we don't know what else to do. Let's play family, like we've seen it played out. We'll have a party and a blessing, and you'll say I do, and I say I do. Well, okay but only if you promise we can play adventures like raising kids or planting a garden together. Yeah, I I think I I could play that game. We come here to play church. We create a sort of story or informal contract agreement or assignments or arrangements. Okay, so you make some music and we'll promise to sing even if we can't sing very well. Yeah, and then if you're worried about someone, you tell me, and I'll say a prayer, and I, I, I think I could practice believing that's going to work. Because here's the clincher. The things we do in this space are bite-sized versions of the things we have to do when things get real. The liturgy is your practice for real life. The two cross over. I don't offer the parallel between playing pretend and real life in order to mock either aspect. It's quite the opposite. I want you to see the value in the ways we work out our identities as we try on a new way of life. It is easier to play family than to take family too seriously. We need the practice. Do you switch roles and arrangements with your loved ones? Do you get to take turns giving and receiving care? Do you get to negotiate for which adventures you will have next or what will happen when things are very painful? when family faces something serious. Hopefully you've done some experimenting with different scenarios and stories and roles. I baptized that baby doll for the same reason John baptized Jesus. I needed to try on a new role and play along with someone who is very serious about family and sacrament. Participating in the stories written by the community can give you a new identity, a new understanding of spiritual life and your part in it. That is what it did for John and Jesus in this story. We baptize one another because it is a gesture, a symbol, a sign, a way to play with the idea that ordinary water is part of something larger. It's a way to assign a new role to water and to the people who participate in these rituals. I take playing church very seriously, the same way my daughter is adamant that I refer to her as fluffy when it is time to play kitten. It validates it's a way to cross over into another place and time, a spiritual time, a learning time. You all take playing church very seriously because we need, like John and Jesus needed, to live the stories and be in the new roles and be in the new covenant, in the new life. We need the play practice for when real life calls upon us to behave in new ways and be transformed. Here in this place, you can try on belief. You can pretend to be gracious or accept accolades. You can play at generosity. You can set boundaries that maybe it's hard to set in your professional life. And when you're faced with a challenge that calls you to believe the unbelievable, maybe you will have tried it on. When the nations are at war, we can come here and learn and live stories of appropriate responses to violence and hatred. You can come here and lighting a candle is not just lighting a candle. Water is not water, fire is not just fire, smoke is not just smoke. Our children are our teachers. Our teachers are childlike. God is not a grumpy, moody deity. God looks at God's children and says, I am so pleased that that you can play, that you can try on new things, you can risk, you can apologize, you can repent and be changed. Today, during the reflection time after I go sit down, you'll have the opportunity to come Play and pray with fire. We invite you to offer prayers. As you think of the week behind you or the week ahead of you, come up to the candle stations and light a candle. Set an intention to let the light of healing into the world. In the name of God so pleased, children so cleansed and the spirit unpredictable like a dove. Amen.